this the Krusty Krab? No, this is hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. I am not a crusty crab. Greetings and salutations. It is time, unfortunately, for the Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. This is June 29th, 2023, year of our Lord. Props to Louis C.K. for making one of the funniest uh, Christian jokes, Christianity jokes ever. Uh, honestly, Christianity could use a few more, and there's definitely a few Christians I know that could be taken down a couple of pegs, uh, myself notwithstanding. I am actually what you could consider a good Christian, unlike people that just say they're good Christians. I'm talking like Warren Bobert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, any Christian on Facebook. How's everybody doing today? The world has slightly changed in America for sure today. We'll get to that in probably just a few moments. Uh, I myself uh, am not doing so great. Thank you for asking. I'm having trouble sleeping again, which I know is everybody's favorite part of my day. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, 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 did, I did too much work around the house over the weekend. I know that. And my back was sore because I was carrying plywood, which is normally fine, but because of the whole herniated disc and pinched nerve situation, I'm really supposed to, and I quote, stop doing that stuff, end quote. That's from a medical professional, by the way. Uh, and I just not bothering to listen, went ahead and did stuff like that anyway, because I just didn't want the plywood in my backyard anymore. And so what we have here is either an impasse or a failure to communicate if you're a friend of a cool hand loop. Either way, I needed the plywood out of my backyard because it was vexing me mentally. And I am now at the stage, like, not now, like I'm still in the stage I've been in for a million years, uh, where I am basically battling my what's good for me mentally with, to what's good for me physically. And we can physically uh, one out. So I was just a little bit sore, not a big deal, sore, but... It, it wakes me up and it becomes hard to sleep. And I will tell you, uh, anything like anything I do at this incredibly advanced weight of mine is just like everything's just harder. Like, and, and anybody that's ebbed and flowed in their weight would know that, right? Like, that's not, I'm not breaking news. It's like, there's no need whatsoever for this sound. I'm not breaking any news to anyone that knows what it's like to kind of go up and down on the scale of so it just makes everything harder. So like, I don't know. Uh, but I'm dealing with that uh, physical things that are just keeping me from sleeping properly. And, of course, anybody that's ever dealt with uh, any sort of like mental distress or any kind of obsessive thinking, thoughts, anxiety, you know, clinical depression disorder. Basically, if you've ever listened to this show, it's, it's basically, um, you know, once you wake up, now it's like, cool. What thoughts can we fixate on that there's absolutely no chance of solving at 4.30 in the morning? But let's fix on them nonetheless and see where, see where it gets it. You know, I, um, I think I've mentioned this before, but generally speaking, and I don't know how I settled on this, but I tend to fall asleep to uh, any of the first 15 seasons of NCIS. 
I don't I don't actually have a rationale for why it's that one. When I was younger, it happened to be Law and Order. Um, and I, and I don't fall asleep like watching TV. I just listen. And one of the one of the factors with NCIS is that I've seen it so many times. Like I don't need to see it anymore. I can just hear it and I know the scene. It's also if you ever watch, it's not terribly funny. So it's not like it's like I can't fall asleep to like Brooklyn Nine Nine because I'll be laughing all the time. You know, like I think Jake Peralta is brilliant. And you know, as much as Terry loves yogurt, like DJ loves Terry. You know, like and I've been saying I want to talk about myself in the third person, and I think the best way to get started is talking about Terry, because DJ loves when Terry loves Terry, you know what I mean? Like, that's, I think, three times, that's like ninth person, right? Right, he's a factor, and exponent, and all that other stuff, something like that. Um, oh, yeah, so physical discomfort wakes you up, uh, mental discomfort keeps you up, uh, and not sleeping just makes you just a complete mess going forward. So I'm dealing with that kind of stuff. Sorry if the show seems a little subdued. That's just going to be the way it's got to be. So now that we've done everybody's least favorite part of the show, DJ's check-in, it's time for everybody's other least favorite part of the show. It's time for a little housekeeping here on, on the box. The uh, new episode of... Uh, the Top 20 is out today on Strangerhood TV. It is the Rabbit Ear Antenna. And I actually was going back and forth whether or not I should do Rabbit Ear Antennas versus Rabbit Ear Antennae. Antennae. Uh, because both... Uh, it turns out both are actually appropriate. Which is funny because, like... It, it's actually something that's been funny to me over the past, say, decade and change. Like, there were definite grammar and linguistic rules um, when I was growing up. Uh, and I've had this argument with people regarding, like, the Oxford comma, and, like, I am just, like, that. I feel, I never went to Catholic school, but I definitely feel like I had that beaten out of me, because as much as I wanted to put a comma in, and, dude, I abuse commas. <laughs> I abuse commas like, you know, white, poor, trash abuses, like, meth and oxy. Like, and honestly, I probably give them a good run for their money. Uh, like, so it, it was really hard for me to pull out of the Oxford comma, and now apparently, like, it's completely allowed. And I think it's only completely allowed because millennials are just so goddamn spoiled that they want their comma, and their parents were just like, fine, take the comma. I don't care. Just fill it up with gas before you bring it home. Like, I don't, I don't know what the reason is, but I'm finding a lot of stuff like that. A lot of words, like, um, there was just a correction in the way uh, you use literally. Now, literally is supposed to mean, like, actually. But they changed the definition, and you can use it to be figuratively, which is funny because there's actually already a word when you're using literally figuratively. It's called figuratively. So I don't know why they needed to do that, but they did. And, and I think that the, the rationale is that so many people were using it incorrectly that decided to change the definition, which arguably way easier than teaching stupid white America how to do anything like that they've been that they've learned from their smart parents or Fox News or their changed schooling and curriculum that legislatures make up instead of teachers. Like I get that, but man, it doesn't make it right like at all. But anyway. Rabbit ear antennas. Uh, I talk about, like, common sense meter. Like, I actually just had this conversation. Well, it's not really a conversation. Well, it is a conversation because my uncle and I email each other, and I was emailing him, and I was saying that, like, 
one of my problems I have with my mom, and one of the reasons that we haven't spoken in so long is because I just can't get past the fact that this woman refuses to use any common sense in any of her far-flung conspiracy theories and right-leaning, you know, they're coming to get our jobs. It's like, yo, lady, you haven't worked in 30 years. Like, what job are they coming to get? Like, unless you're talking about the job of just taking Social Security income because you don't feel like working anymore. And I got news for you. Pretty much every migrant we're seeing, like, in the in the New York State area is desperately trying to get a job because they're trying to pay for their family, which is different than what white lazy people are doing when they just want SSI so they can sit home and play video games, smoke cigarettes all day long. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We all need a dream, and that's fine. I just You should understand, like, one or the other. But So my mom has no common sense or just doesn't bother to engage that anymore, which is one of the main reasons we don't speak. So we, we talk about that, uh, and then we talk about the dumbest person in Congress, which honestly... On any given day, it could be any of five people, and it's, you know, it's seemingly growing, which is just, you know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, Bacon is my podcast. They did a uh, full uh, full interview this past Monday with Crystal, so check that out. Uh, cake versus pie versus ice cream, discussion and drinks, that's from last night uh, or yesterday, so check that out. Uh, Chris Towning from Suffocate Faster, I have absolutely no idea. Um, what that is, uh, I guess, Suffocate Faster's a band. I guess if you want to find out, that's tomorrow night. Seven questions. I feel like checking that. Or tomorrow day. I don't know when it comes out. I know it's, I think it's out by the time I look. So it's it's any time before that. So check that out. Also in very exciting Rebel 9 news, and now I will use the big sound. Yours truly has managed to settle his ass down for five to ten minutes and actually go ahead and release, uh, set up to release the first Rebel 9 single in, I don't know, three years? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I don't know who I was looking at, my production team over here, which is basically consists of a bunch of hanging sweatshirts. Uh, they, they all sit. Is that right? That's what, yeah, okay. So that's correct. They all say that that's true. August 4th. Uh, Rebel 9 will be releasing new music for the first time since 2020. Uh, and we'll be releasing our lead single, Side Out, which will be the first of four new singles that will be coming out over the next several months and into 2024. We actually have a pretty solid release schedule, so that's going to be cool. Um, I will tell you now, um, the bigger problem there was me finding a way uh, or finding time and the desire and the motivation to actually do the artwork for the band. I, I wanted to change up the, the, the way the the logo of the band, and once I was able to do that, things started kind of move, moving pretty quick. You can see the artwork, and you can um, you can see the the new band logo uh, if you sign up for the pre-save, I guess, on Spotify. You can do that. I've posted it on the Rebel Nine page. Uh, if I haven't, I'll do it later today. But I know uh, I'll be posting it on my personal Facebook page. It's on our Instagram page already. If you're interested at all in what the artwork... I'm personally very proud of the artwork and the way it came out. Considering, like, one minute I had absolutely nothing and no idea what direction I wanted to go to. And then I had a complete concept within four hours. Even for me, that's pretty fast. So, But I'm super happy. It is a huge, huge mental hurdle for me to get that kind of stuff done. It's not that it's so time-consuming, but it is draining. I have been feeling more and more drained. I keep complaining about it every single week here. Creativ creatively speaking, I am just out of gas. 
I'm out of juice. I can't write anymore. It's painful for me to play guitar because of my finger and the pinch, uh, the nerve pinch in my neck. So it's never enjoyable. So I don't like anything I play. Anything I've already written is fine because I can just practice and I can deal with it. But imagine like if you are physically in pain every time you're trying to write something new. There's no way you're going to like anything that you write. So I'm just basically cooling my heels, not writing anything. That's also my main area of creativity. Um, so I haven't been doing it. Uh, and, and I've just been so tired and so exhausted because of my various maladies and stuff that are just kicking my ass uh, physically, but also, you know, being overweight and not sleeping and just dealing with a lot of other, like, in my head sort of things. It's just it's literally wiping me out and rendering me, like, unable and unable and unwilling to do any of this stuff. So I missed the, the deadline to release Side Out before our very show would suck. And should have served as a wake-up call, and honestly would have served as a wake-up call to literally anybody else. But considering I have just entered this state of funk where I just will literally not put myself out if I'm on fire, it makes it incredibly difficult to get anything done. So if you don't mind, I'm going to take three seconds. I'm going to applaud myself for pulling my head out of my ass long enough to get it done because it is done. The song is done. The song has been mastered. The artwork is done. The logo is done. It's been posted. It's been sent to Spotify and Apple and Napster and Amazon and all those other places. And it's going to be released on uh, August 4th. Now, if that date sounds kind of familiar, it's because we have a show the very next day, which means on August 5th, I'm going to expect any and all Rebel 9 fans in attendance to not only know the song, but be really appreciative that we finally got the goddamn thing out, and note that we will 101% be playing it that night, so I definitely would like you to sing along, and I would like you to know where all the cool parts are, if that's cool. The other thing that that does, and it's might not make sense to anybody but me, and I don't even know if it makes sense to me, to be perfectly honest, is it forces my hand on when I release three other things. I have a lyric video for Blue that I don't particularly like, so I never really released it. I have a lyric video for Easy, which I do kind of like, but I also never really released it. I have a full video of us live doing Dirty Deeds from... Uh, it's, it's a live action video of the recording of us doing Dirty Deeds. It was supposed to come out ages ago, but I decided to wait because I wanted to release it within 30 days of releasing our video for Side Out. There is not going to be a video for Side Out, at least not in the immediate future, because we're out of time. We're out of time to do that. I I haven't gotten anything back from the band in terms of concept, concepts other than like, yeah, man, we should probably do a video for that, which is actually not a concept. What that is is a an agreement to move forward on something. And I just simply cannot do these things on my own anymore. I need some serious life changes to happen before I can really burn that brain again because it just it's just not it's not something I have the ability to do. So it doesn't look like we're going to put one out, which means I'll put my focus on a video for maybe Aaliyah, which is a shame because I think Side Out is probably going to be one. You know, in the history of Rebel Nine is written, I think Rebel Nine, uh, I think Side Out is going to be one of the better songs to ever come out, production-wise, song-wise, just. I don't know. There's just something about it in that groove to, to me. I mean, maybe it, maybe it comes out and it flops. I have no idea. But to me, I think it's it's a brilliant song. And the, the subject matter is just... It 
it's dangerous as hell, and I think we'd make a really good video. But Aaliyah will also make a really good video, so maybe I'll be able to get that done. Aaliyah is slated to be our last release of this new batch. Um, but anyway, uh, so we have the video, and it's all done, and it's been done, and I just have to release it. So I think what's going to happen is just ahead of that uh, release of Side Out, uh, we'll, we'll release... Um, will release the video for Dirty Deeds. And since it was shot locally, there's a lot of people in it, like a lot of locals. In fact, what we did is not only did we hire professional people, we hired, um, we uh, followed the house productions to shoot the video, but we also incorporated a lot of cell phone footage. A lot of people sent in their footage of the of the show. So we got, we have like a lot of interlacing with other stuff that was, uh, with the real footage, which I thought was a really cool uh, effect. So, That'll be coming out. Uh, that could be coming out as soon as next week, to be perfectly honest. But maybe, yeah, you know what? Maybe next week. Maybe that'll drop on Friday. Or maybe even Thursday. Maybe we'll drop it on Thursday so we can have like a quick premiere of it and stuff like that. But it'll be coming out soon. It'll be coming out before Side Out. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, that'll be cool. So, uh, I've talked for roughly 17 minutes, which is way longer than I expected any intro to take, because I did want to touch on something very specific uh, that just went down this morning. Um, I am always very interested in the Supreme Court. I think it is probably one of the most important and under understood bodies in our government. Um, the power is vast, uh, potentially even limitless, and the good that it can do for the country is inexplicable and the damage that can do is is just as bad and i don't know where people fall on all of these issues and it doesn't really matter because i am desperately trying to cling to the fact that i am a you know middle class white male in american society in 2023 and basically have the keys to the goddamn kingdom and i am trying desperately to appreciate what position that puts me in and all the laws that are coming out, all the rulings that are coming down, how none of them affect me because I'm just a rich white man and I can do pretty much whatever I want. Yeah, we had a little bit of trouble in that whole Me Too episode, but I'm pretty sure that's over and everything else is just going by the wayside because the people that are in charge are only interested in looking after themselves and they are tired, so tired apparently, of helping out the poor and the, uh, the, the unfortunate uh, and, and the people that don't have, you know, these opportunities that are supposed to be freely available to everybody in this free country, the great United States of America. What they're trying to do is they're trying to centralize and hold on to the power so that they don't have to share. They're basically those petulant children that nobody ever liked now they're in charge and now they are making good on every single promise every single time these ruling come in, rulings come down or some red state offers up some some really bad stuff uh, you know in terms of like you know rights and social you know oppression and like even all the shit that's going on in our actual house of representatives right now the, the actual the absolute nonsense that's going on there these are stated objectives for the past 20, 30, 40 years. This should come as no surprise to anybody, and yet it seems to come as a surprise to everybody. 
So today, when the affirmative action ruling came out, it was literally no surprise that it went to 6-3 uh, in favor of the conservatives, striking down and basically gutting everything that there was in affirmative action. It follows just as the gutting of this, the, the Voting Rights Act did uh, a couple of terms ago, and it follows just as uh, the Dobbs decision gutting Roe v. Wade did last term. It's exactly what you would expect if you're paying any attention at all. And to be perfectly honest, the fault really lies with all those people that were not paying attention. People that were like, no, Roe v. Wade is safe. No, um, you know, gay marriage is safe. No, all this is safe. No, 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 it's not. It's not safe at all. Even just the other day, Clarence Thomas, the dude that's basically been taking bribes from other people, not to be confused with Justice Alito, who's also been taking basically bribes from, from people with cases actually in front of the Supreme Court. But Thomas just actually said he wants to revisit this First Amendment decision from like 30, 40 years ago that, you know, protects news outlets from from more slander. It's slander law for news outlets for public uh, public figures. So, like, people can say stuff in the media and report it that slanders stuff like, you know, Donald Trump was a rapist. Like, if you say that, you know, you like... What Thomas is arguing is that you can be sued for that because it's slander. And the case said that you couldn't do that when you're a public figure because news outlets and media in general have a right to actually say, like, what's going going through the courts, like what people are uh, allegedly um, uh, being tried of and stuff like that. So it's kind of a big deal. Right, and he wants to revisit this case. It's already been settled. So if you think you're safe, like you're wrong. And I have to tell you, what was really moving about, and again, this affirmative action thing is really no surprise. And however you fall on affirmative action, like I'm not here to really judge you. I mean, you know, good people will really understand like why affirmative action is actually important. And and people for decades, like for honestly, as long as I can remember, have been like, well, you know, if you have a white applicant and a black applicant and everything's the same, why should it go to the black applicant? And that case is absolutely true. Like if they're absolutely everything is the same, why should it go to the black applicant? But the reason that affirmative action even exists is, first of all, you're never going to have the situation where they're exactly the same, right? They started differently. Those things started differently. You know what I mean? Unless Jimmy, the white guy, not no relation to, to our Jimmy, right? It's always a no! Unless Jimmy, the white guy, comes from a family of former slaves and, you know, victims of redlining and victims of poor schools because there's no money and victims of profiling and a general systemic racism. There's no way. And I would argue and have argued in the past that if you have two equally identical applicants for a college position and one is white and one is black, chances are, and by chances, I mean 90 to 99 percent, chances are the black person, the black black individual has overcome way more than the white kid has. And that's basically what affirmative action was saying back when it started out. And it made sense. People were denying these students, black students and Latino students and all kinds of students, uh, minority students, denying them because their grade point average was like 3.6 and not taking in the fact, into account the fact that most minority students in high school have to have a part-time job. Most white kids do not. 
Like, that's a statistical fact. Like, that is a big difference in why some kids do better than others on, like, on, on, on GPAs and stuff like that. And then there's a whole lot of reasons why, you know, colleges are starting to throw out standardized testing because of inherent racial bias, which I personally don't see so much in there. But I do understand that the social experiment and the social experiences of different races and different communities and different wealth classes are important. So I understand that, but I haven't researched it all that much. But I will say what I found interesting about the decision is just how eloquently uh, Justice Sotomayor wrote some of the stuff in her dissent. And I figured I would educate you all a little bit before we get on some music, because uh, she said just rather brilliantly, honestly, uh, quote, Today this court stands in the way and rolls back decades of precedent and momentous progress. It holds that race can no longer be used in a limited way in college admissions to achieve such critical benefits. In so holding, the court cements a superficial rule of colorblindness as a constitutional principle in an endemically, endemically segregated society where race has always mattered and continues to matter. Entrenched racial inequality remains a reality today. Ignoring race will not equalize a society that is racially unequal. What was true in the 1860s and again in 1954 is true today. Equality requires acknowledgement of inequality. And then here's my favorite part, and then I'll shut up. Today the, co- today the court concludes that indifference to race is the only constitutionally permissible means to achieve racial equality in college admissions. That interpretation of the 14th Amendment is not only contrary to precedent and the entire teachings of our history, and this is it, but is also grounded in the illusion that racial inequality was a problem of a different generation. Grounded in the illusion that racial inequality was a problem of a different generation. If you can honestly look me in the face and tell me there's no racial inequality in America, then I'll tell you that the Supreme Court was right to knock down affirmative action. But since you can't do that, I can't do it either. And that's too bad. This is a huge loss for people of color and minorities and disproportionately poor and impoverished people in this great country. And all it's really doing is making the more powerful and the more rich more powerful and more rich. And I'm I'm sad for my great country today. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Band is called Starbenders. Found them accidentally. That was fun. Glad I found them. Dig it, right? Kind of a psychedelic way. Sure. I got a lot more to talk about. Just can't think of it. Uh, what I do have is a. Fa- I found a Slipknot song I had actually never heard before, which I was like, "Well, that's odd." So of course I did the, you know, responsible thing and grabbed it so you could hear it too. Hard rock lunch box. Man, I am just so exhausted from all the shit going on in the world. Like, just literally, like, going on, like, in the world, in our country, like, me personally. Like, I am just, I'm so exhausted from it. Like, I'm very happy to be able to take this two hours off and just sort of, like, skip it. But I realize I spent most of this time just complaining about it. So maybe I'll just shut up and play some brand new something heavy. We got this new last week, and we'll just play it again this week.
Now, normally, I don't give in to such, like, lame peer pressure as somebody sending in two musical requests for this week. But since Melissa did, I'm air quoting here, almost die in order to get out of going to the Revel 9 show last week, which who could blame her on? It was so hot, I might have taken that path myself. Uh, and, and, and also, one of the requests happened to be uh, something that I like. Anyway, uh, I figured I would just play this one that I like and get it out of the way early. But don't worry, the really, really dumb one is coming up. It's just not now. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, a little bit from the use there. I'm just sort of reflecting back on some mashups. Like, I do like that that emo mashup because, I mean, I like a lot of the songs in there. And it's nice to get a little bit of a taste of it. But I will say, just from my perspective, putting mashups together is so much fun. I mean, I, I don't know that we actually do mashups or have done mashups. I mean, we've always referred to, referred to them as medleys. Um, you know, and for years, Rebel 9, like, as a band, used to play, like, cover songs in, in, the, middle of, um, in the middle of our regular songs. And I'll really never forget the first time I saw that done. Uh, it, was a band, it was a band from Long Island, actually, uh, called Ready and Tent. And I think it was our first trip out to the Millennium Music Conference. So it was still G. Davey. Uh, we were still G. Davey. And I, they were playing a song. And I was watching and just kind of casually listening. I was sort of talking more with people in the audience and stuff. Because, you know, we were in, I think it was the first time we were out in Harrisburg. So we were, like, trying to meet people. We were talking. And I, and I sub- subtly realized that what they had been playing had turned into the solo section of Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. And then they went and finished Stairway to Heaven. And I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Like, that is just so, so cool on so many levels. Like, first of all, I didn't have to sit through all of Stairway to Heaven, which I think is probably the best part about the whole situation. But also, it was such a creative use of, like, not, you know, using a cover, but not playing a full cover. And I am not, I mean, as anybody knows, like, I am not beyond playing a full cover. If the song's really good and the song's worthwhile doing. Like, we have a brand new cover set for August at the Warehouse Show that I don't think anybody's going to see coming, which I love. I love that. Like, we've done a couple of those lately, and it's been so much fun. Just watching it, like, sort of dawn on people's faces, like, what we're playing. So it's like, what is that? Holy cow, they're, they're doing that which I really like that. But the whole concept of, like, you know, that sort of mashup, like, we started doing that immediately after. And I think, or not even a mashup, like I said, like a medley. And I think that one of the better ones that we did for years, uh, we used to play All I've Become, half of All I've Become, into the beginning of Kashmir, into... Wait, do I have that backwards? No. We used to play the beginning of Awake into the beginning of Kashmir into the end of All I've Become. And it was just like this cool, like, trilogy of songs. And we used to do stuff like that all the time, especially with Stan Jose. We used to drop stuff right in the middle. Anybody that came to see us at the Race to Play Diaries Live, like, we did, uh, we got the beat from, uh, from the Go-Go's right in the middle of, uh, of San Jose. And we've done that for years. I mean, we've, we've done so many songs right in the middle of San Jose. And that's always been fun. But when we actually got to medleys, like, I think, 
I think we've probably done more than I'm remembering, but we've done three main medleys that I think really stood out, at least in my mind. I think the first one, the first one we did, we did uh, at Craving Strange CD release party for, I guess it was the last record. Was it Careful? I guess it was Careful of the Landmines. And we played... Three, three songs, like we, we mashed three songs together with three different singers. We had uh, uh, we had Annie, Johnny, and uh, Mike from uh, Inoculus Canaries at the time come up and sing. Uh, and we just blended those three craving songs together. And that was a lot of fun. And it was a lot of fun to actually just see the look on Jimmy's face as we were doing it. And, you know, totally the audience's faces, too. But for Jimmy specifically, it was just like, holy shit, that just happened. Right? Which is awesome. Like, I love doing that. And then we we did... I don't even remember when. I feel like it was at the Village Pub, but I'm not entirely sure. We did an entire medley of all the songs from the Razor Blade Diaries. It was definitely ahead of doing the Diaries live. But we put all six songs into one big song, and we just sort of mixed and mashed them up. And um, I've seen video of that one, and I thought that that came across really well. But I still think that maybe one of the better ones... I mean, that's probably the best one because it's our stuff. But the most fun I think we've ever had doing something like that was when we um, when we went in support of the Neon Skyline for their... Uh, I called it their coming out party. I don't know exactly what they called it, but... Um, and we put together a four-song medley of, like, our favorite songs from the 80s just to support the Neon Skyline and all their glitter neon nonsense and stuff like that. It was just so much fun to, like, work on it. Like, to the point where we even played it, like, afterwards in practice because it was just fun to do. So it's nice that, you know, band as a band, we can still have that kind of fun because it is. Uh, so I'm happy for that. But, man, I... I encourage bands to try that kind of stuff. I mean, maybe not because it's kind of like what we do, and uh, it's our thing. I'm kidding. Do, do whatever you want. We're definitely not going to be around forever. I can't even imagine we're going to be around for all that much longer <laughs> at this rate. I mean, we certainly can't seem. I can't even seem to put shows together anymore. It's just, it's really, it's really hard. But I'm going to stop complaining. I've got brand new stuff from Asking Alexandria. It sounds a little bit different, which I'd like kind of pique my interest. So I'll give it. I'll give it to you, and you can give it a shot. Let me know what you think if you want. 99WNRR, be part of the conversation. Tell me everything I'm doing wrong. That's fine. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Just going on public record here that if Jeremy McKinnon ever wants to do anything with me or Rebel 9, just give me a shout. I know he's a regular listener of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. Jeremy, you're killing it out there. Thanks, man. Uh, this offer also goes to Johnny Resnick of the Goo Goo Dolls, who just keeps writing good song after good song. Call me, Johnny. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I feel like if you're going to have it, you might as well know how to spell it. But also, as Q points out, if anybody was shadow boxing out in the audience, we got you covered here at the Hard Rock Lunch Box. My history with Queens of the Stone Age is long and complicated. I've definitely felt it's been a very hit or miss sort of relationship. And I've always given them the benefit of the doubt because people that I respect are always like, they're awesome. And you're foolish for not thinking they're awesome. Well, you can take that with a grain of salt. I like what I like. And that's, you know, really just kind of how that goes. But all that being said, 
every single new song they've been putting out so far, I have really, really dug. So I don't know if they're getting better or I've just gotten around to it. But uh, either way, man, I'm digging this one. Hopefully you will, too. It's brand new. Queens of the Stone Age on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, it's a little Atreyu. It is time for the dumbest song of the week, or as I like to call it, Mel's Musical Moment. Again, she takes the time to find the dumbest stuff on Spotify she could possibly find and send it in, which is more than most people do. So we reward her with her own segment, Mel's Musical Moment. It's time. The moment you've been waiting for, that is. It's time. Tangerine Kitty and Dumb Ways to Die, which playing this song might be one of. Hard Rock Lunch Box. so goddamn tired at this point. I don't even know what happened today. I mean, I suppose it's that lack of sleep I was complaining about earlier. Um, that might have done it. <laughs> and I'm such a genius. <laughs> I'm a genius. Oh. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to having kind of a short week next week. I think I'm off Tuesday. I think my law, right? <laughs> I should probably check. I was 
bumming that I wasn't off on Monday, but I should definitely make sure that I'm off on Tuesday before I start picking that fight. It's been such a great day today so far. That's sarcasm, in case that's not coming across. So I found this song this week, courtesy of Spotify's uh, release radar. Yeah, I don't even think I got to discover weekly. I think it's all release radar this week. Band called I See Stars that I've heard of before, which is awesome. Uh, I like to see uh, bands that I like continuing with other stuff. They have a song out called Anomaly, and I dig it. Maybe you'll dig it too, but there's only one way to find out. That's right now on the box. Hard rock lunch box. Little skindred for you. Stumble across, uh, stumble upon a new band this week called Return to Dust. Check them out. Doesn't look like they have any sort of presence presence whatsoever uh, before this year, which I always find like kind of promising. I listened to uh, the song that was released this week. It seems like it's doing really well for them. Well into the hundreds of thousands of plays, so somebody must like it. Maybe you will too. It's belly up on the box. Hard rock lunch. That's right. It's definitely time for your weekly Craving of the Week. We have one more show on the calendar with Craving Strange for the rest of 2023. I don't honestly know if that's going to change. I have not heard anything to the contrary. Uh, Even as we try and build a show for December, I'm not sure if they're going to want to be a part of that. Uh, I'm also not sure how much I feel like building a show for December, given how hard it's been for me putting together these other shows. Um, But... You want to see us together? Uh, I strongly recommend you coming to the warehouse on August fifth, because uh, that I can guarantee will be a time that we we'll play together, and those always seem to be good shows. Uh, I would definitely like to see Craving Strange do like an all—I don't know—old old song show, and just kind of see what happens. I don't know. I'm not calling for anything that I've thought out all that much, but as I was picking out today's weekly Craving of the Week with Craving Strange, I always like the old ones. Yeah. Not always, but usually. Well, no, not true. I always like the old ones. Don't always prefer them. But today I do.
realize that we can't post pictures anymore in the uh, chat here. I don't know exactly know what it's going to take to get that to happen again. When I get some time, I'll look into seeing what's what's available. But uh, I will tell you, I just saw like one of these uh, memes that I just I literally just laughed so hard at. And I, honestly, I I don't know why it was probably. I don't. I don't know why, but I just pictured like this is something that Q would actually do, like in real life, and that's kind of what made me laugh about it. But it's just that all it says is cashier, uh, cashier. Uh, that'll be 1994, and then uh, me pulls out fifty dollar bill, and then the cashier says, "Sorry, we've had a problem with counterfeit bills. Do you have anything smaller?" And then it's me pull, <laughs> pulls out a twenty five dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I know a lot of you have not met Q, but I can absolutely see him doing that. <laughs> it's nice to get a laugh in there. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys for sitting around and listening to another episode of Hard Rock Lunchbox, spending a little bit of your precious Thursday time with me and everyone else here. I totally, I always appreciate it. And uh, it is a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm certainly very grateful for it. So thank you for that. I'm going to get on out of here. Have yourselves a great weekend and a very great 4th of July. I will see you on the less popular 6th of July to do the Hard Rock Lunchbox all over again. And then we'll talk about stuff, things, and other stuff. Have yourself a great weekend. Take care. Hard Rock Lunch Box.